This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So we finished off a month, a relationship month, where we really gave ourselves as a church the focus point of romantic relationships. It is, important, it is an important part of life. We also realize that everyone is not married or in a relationship, but it is a big part, and so we did tackle it for three weeks with a focus on it. And we are still in May month, so I want to take it a little bit wider this morning. And I want to talk this morning on one or two things about relationships which expands beyond uh, romantic relationships. Of course, this can be taken into your marriage, but definitely um, it is for all relationships. We live in, in, in such an interesting time. Um, I'm going to make a few generalizations this morning. Please have patience and grace with me just here. Uh, as I'm loudly thinking through a few things, I'm not boxing anyone um, like this or like this. Um, I'm just wanting us to get handles on a few things. When you live in the West, in the Western world, now South Africa might not be referred to from those in Europe as the West, but we live in a Western community. It's, uh, we have fast-paced internet, we've got fast-paced cars, and stuff happens fast here, all right? We, we live in, in a, we, we're not living in rural Africa, all right? When you live in the West, you generally dealing with an individual culture. Generally, the indivi- individualism is a buzzword of the last 30 years. We have moved from being community people to the rights, the privileges, what the individual wants to do is king. Okay, um, So far as to at the moment... In Western countries, the leading Western countries in the world, the parents can no longer tell a young girl that she's a girl. Okay. Because the individual must first decide whether she is a girl or not. Right. It's, it's where we are in this world. Right. And that's very sad. But if you add a lockdown to that with COVID, you, you take this thing to a whole new level. And just let me explain for a moment. In the West, or let me say the wealthy, when you do lockdown, it's great. (laughs) It's great. We've got food in the fridge. Um, We play games together. We we buy the entertainment package we like. It's Netflix or it's DSTV. Uh, we, We make plans. It's such amazing family time, you know, when we are locked up um, in lockdown when we are wealthy. But if we are not, we die of hunger. We have no work. We have no food. Because when you're not in the West, often you rely on the community. The community is what feeds you. You sometimes need to walk next door for food. All right? And so what lockdown has done to the West, it has made us more individual. We hear it more and more. We hear it in worship songs. We see it on social media posts. Um, 
And when, when in the West, when we are spiritual, um, just allow me to generalize and play with this idea. When, when, we, when we have something spiritual to write on the wall and we're not a believer, we write something like this. I believe in what? Myself. If I can believe that I am a good person, then I can reach my dreams. That's how we speak. It's how we think. And when we come to the gospel, we have big trouble because now this heart needs to change and open up towards a community. And that's why I believe this is very important. So this is not going to be a rocket science, but it is going to be challenging. I hope it challenged me. So let's just read a few passages and I'm going to give you four things this morning that the gospel speaks to our relationships or our perception of relationships. And I, and I want us to be open to the fact that I myself and you maybe are more individualistic without maybe being aware of it than we thought we are. All right. Just because of the world we live in. Let's open our heart towards the gospel because there's very powerful keys here in revealing Jesus to the world. We get this. Are you with me this morning? Dignity O Langsha and say almost a quick course. Say by this all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. All right, let's read on. Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, okay, let's, let's just enjoy this together. And there remember that your brother, right, this person is not locked up with you, right? It's you are here engaging with God and you remember your brother, right, has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come to offer your gift, right? Now, what we see here is, is that it is critical for us to deal with relational breakdown in our community with those God has placed around you. It is so critical that it hinders worship, right? There is something that the gospel in the wisdom of God, brings to us that is so powerful that as individuals, we cannot exclude ourselves from the community. I cannot individualize myself around this year. Firstly, it's by my love for others that God will be seen. And now there's others, and with others there comes problems. But now my individual worship is connected to my willingness to connect in a loving way to those around me and quickly 
restore relationships. What scripture is saying here, it is critical, therefore act personally and promptly. If you're offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. Be reconciled to, the, to your brother. Quickly go. It, it's speaking about do it quickly. All right? There's an interesting thing this man said here. Of, his name is on, oh, his name is on, on there. That's William Barclay. He's the old man. He's not with us anymore. He's with God. He's a Christian. He said, more trouble has been caused in the writing of letters than by almost anything else. I've got a problem with my brother. Here is what I will do. I will draft him an email. (laughs) And then that email lands. (laughs) And your brother does not have the opportunity to see your face and hear your voice. And you cannot see his heart softening as you engage because you've sent an email to him. (laughs) The scripture says, if you, Have a problem with your brother. Go to your brother. Go to him. Don't write him a letter. All right? I am excluding cases where a paper trail is needed. If there's been some kind of crime or something happened, we we get that. There's times when civil authority needs to come in. But generally, the spirit here is if there is a breakdown in relationships, go to your brother. He's your brother. Go to him. Now, William Barclay died before Facebook. All right. And already, (laughs) he says there's more problems by the writing of letters than by anything else. I'm not even, I wonder what he would have said if he would read Facebook. You know the post I sometimes see. Those people in the world, I cannot take it. When, and what that person is doing is they are writing a letter about their brother for everyone to see except for their brother. <laughs> or maybe they want the brother to read. More pain has been caused. Scripture says, let us go to our brother. Are you with me this morning? Why? That's the way of the gospel. We'll get to that in a second. Here's a difficult one. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, let me just read read that again. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you, your trespasses. Now, when you stand to pray, Or when you enter into someone's office and they say, take a seat, and you answer, is it okay if I stand? What you are saying is, I'm going to be to the point and breathe. That's why I'm not going to sit. All right. Now, what scripture says, when you stand to pray and you realize there's forgiveness that needs to take place in the same manner, quickly deal with it. Deal with it promptly. Now, let's just make one or two points on, on, on this scripture here. Lest you think, uh, I don't want you to think if there's, if you're struggling with your heart in one day, uh, I don't think Jesus is trying to say the Father's forgiveness over your life has now lifted. 
And now you're in trouble. If you die, you're going to go to hell. I don't think that's what the scripture is trying to say here. But let's mention a few things here. Firstly, the person who has been forgiven by God, okay, the person who has come to faith, has firstly the ability to allow that heart to flow through them. Right. Those who have been graciously forgiven has experienced a way of forgiveness that they are able to give to those around them. First thing to remember. And this you can now share with your brothers in your life. Right. If we remain too long with a hardened heart, I think scripture is clear that worship will be hindered. Step number one. Worship will be hindered if there's a relational breakdown between you and a person and you do not obey this and I do not obey this. Okay. If I don't act promptly, personally, go to my brother. Sometimes it's, you don't have to go. Okay. Sometimes something is said and, and your heart, you're like, okay, I, I'm sure they didn't mean it in that way and you can go on. Sometimes you have to go and the spirit needs to help you. But the long and the short is when our hearts gets hardened in this regard, our worship gets hindered. All right. Lastly, if you cannot and will not soften your heart, if you cannot and will not forgive, you are at a dangerous place in your life. Okay. It's a dangerous place. And it is very important at that place that you go back to God very fast to experience his forgiveness and how it relates to you very quickly. Because it means you are sitting with a hardened heart. All right. This is very serious. This is very serious. And that's why I'm talking on this. You know, this is, you know, this is very hard because when people come to church, we are often idealistic. We think, you know what, I've been hurt by that person out there. I've been hurt in the workplace there, but praise God, now I'm going to the church and everything will be fine there. I will have no difficulty connecting and I will have the greatest friends in the world and they will never, ever hurt me. That is not true. All right. So I understand this. Sometimes this is the hardest in church, but this is very important because this is your brothers and your sisters. Amen. God wants us to follow his example of forgiveness and connecting to the people around us. Now, maybe I say, you know, I'm just going to do it on my own. Okay. I'm just going to find my own way and, 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 um, and I'm going to be a little bit more of a solo person. The one John says, that's not an option. It says, if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But as we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We need it. So there I am with these brothers again. I have to walk with him. Because God wants to show his way of loving and forgiving through us toward one another. What a privilege. Amen? What a privilege. Now, why is dealing 
with offense is a big deal. I'm going to give you four ideas on this. Firstly, just simply because Jesus is clear about it. <laughs> All right, let's go home. <laughs> it is enough. All right. It is what, what we must do. But let's just look at this again. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, this is Jesus speaking. Leave your gift before the altar and go be reconciled. Do it promptly. Do it personally. All right. Now, I want to I do the, the box thing again. Can I do that? Can I generalize a little bit? Who says yes? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just give me grace here. Generally, Okay, men and women are different because we have different strengths. Okay, that's why the Bible says husbands love your wife and wife, in short, respect your husband or submit him. It's not that the wife should not love her husband. No, loving comes more natural to her, all right? So for, she's got different strengths and weaknesses. We are different, okay? Now, one way, in which we are different that we see in marriage generally as might differ if our occupation works in a way for example if if a man is very strong as a counselor he because of the way god has designed him might pick up a lot of strength that might generally be more on the woman's side okay and that doesn't make him feminine it just makes him strong in different areas but i'm going to generalize now women has a great strength to connect. They're very interdependent. They are often the glue of the family. Everyone knows that grandma. She's the glue of the family. They connect, they bring in. They're very good with relationships. When there's trouble when you are young, often you have a matu, okay? You go to your mom. It is the gift. All right. Men has got a different strength that can also swing to a, to a weakness. Men are, inter, are more independent. They can go into the wild. Here I go. I'm going to go conquer that nation for God. I'm not scared. I'm going to get on a plane. There we go. Okay. God has made men like that. They are sometimes wild. They are sometimes irresponsible. But it is placed on them to crack open fields for the ministry and also do difficult things um, at home. It's not normal if the dog dies for mom to pick up the dog and bury the dog, okay? I'm sure it can happen, but that's when dad steps up, okay? <laughs> now, what this means for us is when we are dealing with this here, because women interrelate very quickly, Sometimes when they get hurt here, they walk here and they connect and they bring that hurt here and they talk about it and we have problems. Okay, I'm generalizing. But they will connect again. They've got a need to connect and they are good with connection. It is a gift from God. God wants us to connect but also deal with that so that when we connect we connect healthily are you with me what does men say i don't need the church cheers we don't necessarily connect but we just don't care 
we will say things like, I don't have time for people like that. Can you see what I'm saying? We have different weaknesses and strength, yet whichever way you relate here, God wants us to follow his way of dealing with it. Amen? Let us go to our brothers. If we are connected, if we connect quickly, let's make sure our hearts are clean of our hurts. Go to our brothers. Men, myself included, we are not allowed to shun relationships, to be solo. We, we are not allowed to do it. We must express our faith in community. Right. I have worked with many couples over the years, many that have been hurt in church 90% of the time, not always, 90%, the wife is ready to reconnect again. The husband says, all right, I'm challenging you today. Let's obey Jesus and go for it. Let's connect. Let's go to our brothers. Let's work with us. Dealing with offenses is a big deal. Right. Number two, we should deal with offense before worship, is what the scripture says, because dealing with offenses is worship. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The way we do relationships is worship because it shows Christ. Worship is not when we sing only. It is much larger than that, right? Be kind to one another, right? That's in scripture. That is a command tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Being active in keeping your relationships healthy is worship because it is one way in which Jesus is mirrored to the world that does not come to church. Okay, so we cannot have toxic relationships and think we have a healthy standing with God in church here. But we are toxic there. Okay, that's a disconnect. All right. And what Jesus wants of us is to bring the gospel into both ways. All right. Now, this is very important. If we can just have that point up again. Why is dealing with offense a part of worship? I'm going to try and explain this to you. If religion was only external, and there's many of those, what is this religion you have? No, we light candles, we offer a pigeon, and we wear this clothes. All right. If it is only external, what you are going through in your heart is not important. As long as you stuck it out and light the candles, offer the pigeon, and put the clothes on. All right. But our faith, is a faith where the Holy Spirit comes into our immaterial part, our heart, and then it is expressed in acts like this. Now, when we are dealing in our worship room with a relational breakdown, for example, we're talking about relationships, sometimes we deal with other things. And I'm remembering, I'm reminded in my time of prayer of a relational breakdown between someone, and I asked the Spirit, to help me, and I am reminded of what Jesus did with me when he loved me, I am molding my heart before I do external things. Are you with me? 
I am talking about the God here whose most powerful act was forgiving those who sinned against him. Who now comes and shapes my heart in the same way. Therefore, I do not only have to forgive when the person say forgive me or when they are no longer angry towards me or whatever. I can actually forgive before they respond because it has been done unto me. Okay, so we worship with the immaterial parts, our soul and our spirit. It's, it's very delicate. It's very hard. And that explodes out into external acts of worship like this. Dealing with the hidden parts of our hearts is not secondary because we don't see it. It is very important. In fact, he says, leave that gift there. Go and prepare your heart. Then, then come back. Right. Dealing with offenses is worship. It is shaping your heart. Amen? I must go faster. Second service is going to kick open the doors here. Third thing I want to say, opening your heart. After opening your heart, often it will still hurt for a while. Many of you have experienced this. And maybe I just want to comfort you today. It is okay, all right? Sometimes when you do the right thing, when you obey him, it still feels bad. It still feels tough. You, you, you often still remember what was said. You remember what happened. And don't let the enemy tell you because you are still struggling through it that you are doing the wrong thing by forgiving. No, you must press through it, all right? Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. Amen. And then the last thing I want to say is, when you are wronged, you have the opportunity to love Jesus. You have the opportunity to love like Jesus. What do I mean by that? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. We serve a God who came down and loved himself into the hearts of people that did not love him, paid for our sins as he brought us near. Now when I say you have the opportunity to love like Jesus, I don't want you to think, if we can go back to that previous slide, I don't want you to think that uh, we should be in a moment superior to others. But it is very powerful when someone wrongs you and you have the opportunity to melt your heart towards that person and engage with love. That shows the heart of Jesus. It is very hard. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit. But that is why I'm preaching through this. Because it is very powerful. 
if we go out in a world out there where you run into a person who have been abused with words time after time after time and then and then this person they get loud and, and they say things they sometimes regret and then people they swear back at them and then they run into you and it happens again and they give it to you and for the first time something else comes back at them love of Christ what we do with our hearts and how we train our hearts for relationships is not a secondary thing it's a very important isn't that amazing and with that as I'm going to finish this morning I want to ask you straight up um, no I don't want to come around the corner if you have been hurt by church or in a small group or here or somewhere else. I don't want to say suck it up because I've, I've taken my shots as well. Um, <laughs> but I want you to continue. I want you to continue. Grow your heart. Grow in maturity in Christ so that along the line you can help others again. Amen. Let's stand up today. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.